Hey everyone, welcome to episode 232, The Struggle Olympics. Welcome to the Harmony in the Home podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hutchison. I'm a counselor, a life coach, and most importantly, an imperfect mom doing this work right along with you. And my goal on our podcast is to go from chaos to calm, feel less frazzled and have more fun within your four walls to have more harmony in your home. Hey everyone, I think I've talked about Struggle Olympics before, but I'm not sure if I've dedicated an entire podcast about it. And I figured this would be a good time to do this topic because I don't like the saying I'm on the struggle bus, but if there was a struggle bus, I would be on it. But before we get into today's topic, I want to talk about herbal face food, which I talk about all the time because it helps with your wrinkles, chronic skin issues. If you have acne, if you have a teen with acne, eczema, sunspots, dermatitis, rosacea, melasma, psoriasis, I've had so many of those ailments and my skin at, oh my gosh, I just turned 49. What the, I don't know when you're listening to this, but I was born in 1974. So that's a lot of math to do. And I'm almost 50 y'all. And my skin, I literally cannot believe how smooth it is. And I don't even have to go to the dermatologist anymore, which I was going to all the time. And then we got new insurance and our deductible is redonkulous. We'll never reach our deductible. So I feel like I'm like, why do we have insurance if I'm always paying out of pocket? because we'll never reach our deductible. So I'm saving so much money by not going to the dermatologist and paying all that money with all the prescriptions and the office visits alone. I can't believe before our copay was like 30 or $40 for an office visit. Now it's like over a hundred just to see the dermatologist because our copay is no longer a copay. It's cray cray. Anyway, I want you to go to herbalfacefood.com and use the coupon code HARMONY, which I think is so cute that we have our own coupon code. And I suggest the soap, serum one, and the cure. To start off with that, you will be emailing me and voxing me and calling me and saying, Kelly, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So today we're talking about the Struggle Olympics, which is a term I heard. I think it was from Rachel Hollis which she's done some kind of icky things lately. However, this topic, I remember her saying it on a podcast, I think, or maybe on a video. And she was talking about how we always compare our struggles to other people. And we're either further ahead of other people in the struggles or we're further behind. And what I find myself doing, and when I'm working with lots of clients is they usually are putting themselves behind. Like I was, they, they might say I was abused by my father, but I wasn't abused by my mom or they kind of whitewash it away and they don't acknowledge the pain. And I find myself doing the same thing right now with the grief that I'm enduring and feeling and trying to feel all the feels. Dave and I are going to grief counselor. It's helping so much. And what I've been talking about and what I've been processing is how much I'm being hard on myself for having such strong feelings of grief. And someone said once they said, grief is the price of love. And oh, I tell myself that all the time when I'm getting emotional and when I'm in the feels that it's normal and okay to be sad. And it's almost like not an homage to him, but it hurts so much. I'm always telling my sisters this too. It's hurt so much because he was so amazing. And so I did a Facebook post about this 
And you guys were so helpful. And so many of you have been through this. And that's when I find myself like, well, he was 84. So I was lucky to have him for 84 years. Some people lost their father when they were, when they were in their twenties. I mean, to lose him right before my 49th birthday is to have almost a half a century with him is such a gift. And so I find myself minimizing my own feelings because of, you know, he was a good dad. He was an involved dad. Like you should be thankful for that. Kelly, why are you, these are the things that I'm saying to myself. So I said, uh, in this Facebook post, I won't read the whole thing, but these are just kind of a smattering of me putting myself in the struggle Olympics. And I want to encourage you not to do what I'm doing because it's a horrible place to be and give yourself grace and compassion and honoring what you've been through and not trying to use compare and despair to whitewash it away and to minimize it. I say when I'm crying and upset, I feel so guilty because my brain offers me thoughts like, and notice I say my brain offers me thoughts. So I know these brain, these thoughts are all optional. I just want to be super conscious about my thoughts so I can be intentional with my grieving and intentional with my gratitude for him. You had so much time with him. You're so lucky. Do you not get that? These are things that I've said to myself and you can hear me. I've said it a couple seconds ago. You had a unicorn dad. Most people would beg God for a dad like yours. Are you not grateful for that? He's in a better place and not suffering. Where is your faith? Do you still want him to suffer? These are things I'm saying to myself kind of on the regular basis, but I'm also conscious of it and be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. My brain is offering me that up right now. You had 48 years with your dad. Do you not realize how lucky you have had to have had that? It also offers thoughts like you and your sisters were there when he passed away and got to hold his hand and tell him all the things. Most people get a shocking call in the middle of the night. You should be grateful for that. You didn't get that call. Another one that I say often, which makes me more upset because I'm telling myself not to be upset when I'm obviously feeling upset. Um, Dad doesn't want you to be upset. You know how sad it made him feel when any of his girls were upset. He only wanted you happy. And he used to always use the term. He said he got it from a <laughs> Dr. Phil of all places. You're only as happy as your saddest child. So whenever we were going through something, he went through it almost 10 times harder because he was such an empath that he felt things so deeply. So sometimes we <laughs> one time, this is so funny. One time my sister was out jogging and she had kind of a nasty fall and she hurt her knee really bad. And she said that <laughs> this is not funny. But she was leaving us a, a Voxer or a telegram about it. And she hit her knee, but the knee hit a part of this bridge. And she was grateful that that happened because otherwise, she, this is not funny. She would have gone over the bridge and into the water. It was like a, this, it was a little bridge. She wouldn't have died or anything, but it would have been a really bad accident. So she was glad that the, her knee kind of saved her kind of thing. So she's telling us how scary it was and how awful and all the things. And then she says, oh, and by the way, don't tell dad any of this because I don't want him to worry. Well... <laughs> The day before, because we have a, we had a sister's chat and then we had a, a chat with my dad and when everything was anything stressful or like if anything was getting too political, that stressed him out too much. So he'd be like, I don't want to talk about this. Talk about this in the sister chat. He would get too worked up about it. And so the day before we were FaceTiming with my mom. And so in the sister chat, it doesn't really matter, but I sent out a FaceTime and my dad and sister were sharing a, a phone 
to talk. And then my dad says, I don't want to share the phone anymore. Jen's battery's dying. Um, add me to this call. And so I added him to the FaceTime call. And when I added him, I accidentally added him to the sister chat. And so she's leaving this voice memo in the sister chat, which somehow my dad got added to on accident the day before. And it's literally don't tell dad. And he's like, I'm not sure I was supposed to hear this, but I'm glad you're okay, Jennifer. It was so funny. And so now we have a hashtag, hashtag don't tell dad, because we don't want him to worry. And if anything was making us upset or our kids upset, or if they were going through something with sports or grades or teachers or coaches or with friends, he would be so upset that sometimes we'd be like, Hey, my kid's going through this, but don't tell dad because we don't want him to worry. So hashtag don't tell dad was a big one. Oh, and other things when I'm in like a normal, like functioning mood, like when I'm like maybe laughing or I'm out to dinner or I'm doing laundry or I'm just eating dinner and I'm not crying, my brain will offer things like, how are you able to function right now when you just lost your unicorn dad? How can you just do the daily grind stuff right now? And your dad isn't here. These are, th this is what my brain does to me. Why aren't you crying? It's only been blank days since he passed away. And then I'll just fill in the blank because I know how many days it's been. Why are you laughing when your dad just passed away and you're not thinking about him around the clock? And so I said, I'm beating myself up for grieving, which sounds wild to say out loud. And I'm trying to give myself grace and compassion, but my brain is wild mess of spaghetti right now. So it's kind of like, I'm upset when I'm upset. And then I'm upset when I'm not upset. Isn't that wild? And so the more I'm telling myself not to be upset, the more upsetting I am. So the counselor has been helping us because she talks about uh, planning your grief. And then after you've planned your grief, like and, and grief doesn't always have to be just sobbing, crying. It can also be like looking at the videos of my dad dancing with the kids. I have, I posted a video and it's so cute of him saying goodbye. I think to David in the morning before work, I think I was out of town and David took a video and he's like, um, we've had this, this is our babysitter. And, um, I'm not sure if we should leave the kids alone, something like that. And I added music to it and it's so cute. And I just look at it and I laugh and I, and she says, when you have that grief and you tell your brain that the grief is going to go someplace, like if you're in a meeting or you're at the grocery store and you see peanut butter and you can't have that moment right then, you can kind of tell your brain, like, we're going to, we're going to be sad and we're going to, or we're going to be, think about happy things. We're going to do that later. So you don't break down in the middle of public style. And something about knowing that it has a place to go is very helpful for the brain. So then you're not getting upset that you're upset or you're getting, you're not getting upset that you're not upset. And so it's that balancing act. And so I want to encourage you to not enter the struggle Olympics. And I'm talking about something really big right now, but you could be talking about something even smaller. Like you might be in compare and despair of how your house looks versus what you think your neighbor's house looks like, or what you think my house looks like, and using other people or other houses or other relationships or other kids as a measuring stick based on how you're doing, how much you're struggling or how little you're struggling. Cause a lot of times when we look outside of ourselves, we will use it as a measuring stick and we'll take that stick and we'll beat ourselves up as you see me doing right now in, in living color. I have this hanging up in the, uh, which used to be the playroom, but the kids are older now. So it's no longer the playroom. It's kind of like the quasi grandpa's room slash office slash former playroom slash guest room. And it says, and this could be about anything. This is about kids, but this could be about your job. It could be um, other kids. It could be about other people's houses, other people's managing their weight. And this is so powerful to know that some kids are, and it says it's about, it's to, it's to the kids. It's by Byron Skavnak. I know I'm saying that wrong. Sorry, Brian. I don't know who you are, but sorry. 
It says some kids are smarter than you. Some kids are cooler clothes, have cooler clothes than you. Some kids are better than at sports than you. It doesn't matter. You have your thing to do. Be the kid who can get along. Be the kid who is generous. Be the kid who is happy for other people. Be the kid who does the right thing. Be the nice kid. Isn't that powerful to know that like sometimes you feel alone in your struggle and there's some type of, that's why support groups are so powerful. Like I'm in a dementia support group and there's some type of it sounds crazy to say, but there's some type of relief that I'm not alone in the caregiving dementia world. Not that I want other people to struggle, but there's that almost kinship of like, oh, I'm not alone in this and that sense of community. And so sometimes you might feel alone in your struggle, or sometimes you might feel like you're struggling more or you're struggling less. You might use other people's lives and say, well, I have it so much harder I have 17 jobs and they only have one job or they're a stay at home mom or they're a stay at home dad, or they have so much money or they have the nicer kids or they have a better job or they have a better house. And so whatever measuring stick you're using to enter the struggle Olympics, whether you're using it for you or against you, like you have it harder or you have it easier and you shouldn't be as upset or struggling, so to speak. Just know that the strength is built in the struggle and everybody has their own journey and everybody's struggling with their own things. And it might just look different than you. And it might just right now look different than you, but everybody has their own 50, 50. And I remember when you're going through infertility and I was just like victim, victim, victim. I was like, I can't believe this is so unfair. It's never going to happen. This is me talking to David. He's like, oh my gosh. And I just was losing my faith. I just didn't think it was going to happen. And it's just not fair. And we were so ready and we're so prepared. And, and he just would always come back with everyone has their cross to bear. And this is our cross and we're going to get through this. And that knowing that everybody has their own cross to bear and not that I want other people to struggle, but it sometimes gives us a little relief that we're not failing at all things in life. We just might have an area right now that's really, really hard and it's supposed to be hard because the only way it gets easier is going through the hard. And it might always be hard. It might always be an area of a struggle, but what better person than you or me to handle that struggle? Because we know that the strength is built there and everyone has different curriculum, but everyone has the same curriculum at the same time, which is 50% amazing strengths and 50% struggles. And so when we lean into that, we don't enter the struggle Olympics and use it as a compare and despair of getting the gold medal. And I am as in, I am the one that's struggling the most and I get the gold medal or I shouldn't even be up on the podium. I should not be even be struggling at all because the more we push it away, the stronger it comes back. So I help, I hope this helps you realize that we're all having the human experience there's a lot of it that's hard and a lot of it that's like, oh, I got this. And we know that we're not alone. We don't have to compare and despair that it doesn't feel so heavy and we can share it with other people and not pretend that everything's so perfect because we don't want other people to use us as a measuring stick against themselves. So step down from the podium. We're not going to be in the struggle Olympics. We're going to enjoy the human experience. And we're also going to embrace the hard of the human experience, because if we know that it's all hard, then suddenly it feels a little bit easier. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids 
and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.